0: What is up, everyone, and welcome to Podcasts with Pack. I'm your host, Pastor Ashley Karayuki, and this is a podcast packed with real conversation, a life-changing message, and a time of refreshing. Thanks for tuning in. Be blessed by today's episode. Today, I want to talk to you from a topic, revival in the middle. Revival in the middle. Look at somebody say revival Revival. in the middle. middle. Look at somebody else and say revival Revival. in the middle. middle. Turn behind you and say, yo, Yo. revival Revival. in the middle. middle. Talk back to me. Say revival Revival. In in the middle. Habakkuk or Habakkuk or Habakkuk. Whatever part of East Tennessee you're from. Habakkuk, from my hood, that's how we say it. Chapter 3, verse number 2, says, O oh Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. O oh Lord, <laughs> revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known in wrath, remember mercy. I'm going to read it again. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2. Oh Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. Oh Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. We're in this new series. It's actually a mini-series. <laughs> Called back to life and I love how God does things uh, I was telling pastor you know this is sort of a mini series every month since January we've done a new series in Life City how many of you enjoy living in Life City in Life City we've been learning every month of something new application to our life and I think it's so prophetic it's so much the will and way of God don't go too far though man amen I feel something <laughs> I, I, I know that in Life City, it's about application. And so this month, the next couple of weeks, this mini series, Back to Life, has been set before us. And I love mini series because mini series are usually the best ones. How many of you ever watched a mini series on TV? And you can't can't miss an episode because it's so quick. It's only like two nights or three nights of some show. And it's like, I got to watch this story. I can't wait to see it. I got to make sure I see it. Because the story's going to be introduced really quickly. And then it's going to build up really quickly. Then it's just going to end. And I'm going to be like, what? That's what this miniseries is. And honestly, that's how the move of God happens. He comes quickly. And those with an ear to hear, hear it and get it. And he builds up quickly, he baptizes quickly, he sends his fire quickly and suddenly, and then it's over. But it's not over in your life because the impact that that mini-series or that mini-move had on you lasts forever. Look at somebody say, it might be a mini-series, but this is going to last forever. So we find ourselves with revival in the middle. And we're here with Habakkuk, a courageous prophet. He was a courageous prophet. Historians said he was a prophet with deep emotional strength. Historians say Habakkuk was not like many other prophets. He's a minor prophet, only three, book, only three chapters in his book. But here he is, a small, minor prophet, but so strong in emotional strength. I believe it's because, as our pastor taught us, he was an understudy of the prophet Jeremiah. And Jeremiah was a weeping prophet. I wish God would raise up reaping prophets again. People who don't, (laughs) I don't know if y'all hear me. Prophets who don't look for their business cards or for their titles and for what they can say and all this kind of stuff. But prophets who weep at the altars for a lost generation. Jeremiah was a weeping prophet. He cried out to God often. In his understudy, someone who came shortly after him was Habakkuk. And Habakkuk was a deep, emotional, yet strong prophet. See, nothing's wrong with emotion when they're submitted to God. See, people always talk about that's just emotionalism. That's just emotionalism. How about living life numb and not feeling anything? It's about your emotions being submitted unto God. (laughs) I feel something today. He was a deep emotional, but courageous, strong prophet. He was both a prophet and a poet. That's why I like Habakkuk. Habakkuk 3 is actually a poetic praise to God in awe of his mysterious ways. But before Habakkuk 3, chapter 1 and 2, Habakkuk is actually standing before God and protesting. He's complaining. He's questioning. (laughs) He's even challenging God the prophet Habakkuk 1 and 2 he protests he complains he questions he even challenges God and some of y'all might hear that and say wait now Pastor Ashley challenge God who are we the challenge God I need you to understand the difference between question and challenge and rival you don't rival God because you can't compare That's why he says your adversary, the the devil, not his, because the devil doesn't rival God. He is nothing. A rival is someone who can actually meet you at your level and give you a run for your money. We don't rival God, but we have every right to ask God questions. We don't rival him, but guess what? God is not bothered by your questions. How do I know that Isaiah 118 says, come, let us reason together. God, the father says, come, let's talk. Come, let us reason together. Saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. I would not know that had I not sit and talked to my father. Habakkuk questioned God challenged God said hold up I got some questions King David questioned God many times in his psalms he sat and he wrote and he said I don't understand how do my enemies prosper those who don't live right those who don't act right Those who don't have a covenant with you seem to be the most prosperous. How? He said, "God, how I'm the one serving you right. I'm the one keeping your altars. I'm the one leading your people into the promise. I'm the one keeping your edicts." How does the enemy prosper? He asked God. Abraham, question God. Abraham, man of faith said, hold up, will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? God, he said, if I find 50, if I find 45, if I find 40, (laughs) he didn't question them one time. He kept asking, okay, 50, cool. What about 45? Okay. What about 40? What about 30? 30. He kept questioning. I don't know if y'all hear me. He kept questioning God. Lord have mercy. He said, what about 10? And God said, if you find 10, I won't destroy. <laughs> Abraham questioned God. King David questioned God. Jesus questioned God. <laughs> oh, Pastor Ashley, that's our Old Testament. Jesus questioned God Jesus standing between a thief and a murderer criminals him righteous him holy knowing that it wasn't his sin that put him on the cross but it was the love of a father and the sin of you put him on the cross and he stood between the criminals and said Allah, Allah, I My Lord, my Father, my Father, why have I? Why? Question. Question? He asked the question Why have you forsaken me? In the middle. See, it's in the middle that questions arise. And some of us need to understand that, God, I want you to write this down. God is not intimidated by your question. He is aggravated by your lack of faith. God is not intimidated by your question. He is aggravated by your lack of faith. Habakkuk stood in the middle and declared that the just shall live by faith. But it took faith for him to say, God, why? Will you destroy? Faith. I Hope you're getting it. God is not intimidated by your question. He is aggravated by your lack of faith. You don't trust that he's not mad at you, but madly in love with you. And you're afraid to ask your heavenly father as if a question would negate his power. It's because we've been so used to man-made authority and not God-given authority. Now this might be a little eggshelly to walk on because there's a lot of man-made authority and not God-given authority. And so we sit here and we mess this thing up because, you know, we don't question anything. We don't question. Now, I'm not talking about question to be a rebel. I mean question to understand. Question as your father. You questioning God is not going to strip him of his power. It doesn't diminish his power. What son asks for bread and the father give him a stone? What son asks for fish and the father give him a serpent? No, no, no. I'm in your Bible. He says that ask of me and won't I give you good things? We don't, in the middle questions arise. We don't know how to sit and just say, God, I don't understand what is happening. What is happening? I almost want to preach a sermon called Why God Why? We don't, we think it's going to take his power away or that we will offend him. You don't offend him. Come, let us reason together. Here's the key. When you ask, don't complain about the answer. When you ask, don't complain about the answer. But don't be afraid to ask. He's your father. He loves you. It doesn't make him less. It doesn't make you more. A father will give good things to his children. Look at somebody and say, why, God, why? Many of us find ourselves like Habakkuk in the middle. He was in a weird place and he had questions. And the one question that burns in the middle is how did I get here? How did I get here? What is here? The middle. Pastor began to teach us powerfully, my God. This past Wednesday, go and watch that message. He began to teach us on the middle. The middle and revival are divinely connected. The middle is uncomfortable and the middle is where revival is needed. The middle is uncomfortable and the middle is where revival is needed. Revelation 21, we all know this scripture. Revelation 21, verse 6. Here God, Jesus stands at the end of the word of God, the end of the book, and he declares about himself, I am the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and he's the end, but he's also the middle. We have no problem with him being alpha. We can see him as Omega. But when we find ourselves in situations and in life where we don't understand why it seems like the well has dried out. We don't understand he's right there in the middle. (laughs) He didn't stop from Exodus to Jude. As much as he was in the beginning, God in Genesis And revelation, the soon and coming king. He's still God of the middle. You will experience God. I want you to write this down. You will experience God in all three facets in your life as Alpha, Omega, and Middle. Interesting thing I learned this week. I knew it, but I was reminded. I believe it's the book of Esther. How many of you ever heard the book of Esther? Powerful book. Very powerful book, but the name of God is not mentioned one time. The entire book. Name of God is not mentioned. Yet you see the orchestrating hand of God throughout. That's how some of us lose faith. Because we don't, we don't hear his name. We don't, we don't see him per se, but he's working in the background he's the alpha omega and the middle we get that he's alpha we remember when we first believed take me back right we sing it take me back dear lord to the place go in where I first received you we get him as alpha When this all began, when I ran to the altar and I dived into the altar and said, God, save this wretched soul. We remember the first time we heard the gospel. We remember how we were. We remember the Genesis in the beginning. God, that's how it starts. We get them as Alpha. We get them as Alpha. We get them as Omega. Omega. We know, we know that he that began a good work in us is faithful, faithful to complete it. We know, we know that at the end, like Habakkuk said, the vision will speak. At the end, we know, we know just like John stood, uh, landed on that island at Patmos and he's seen the glorified Jesus. We, we know, we know that God, you will get the glory at the end of this. You shall get the glory at the end of this. I get Genesis, I get revelation, but what about everything in the middle? The middle. The middle. The middle. So we find ourselves with Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2. And he says, Oh Lord, I've heard your speech and was afraid. Oh Lord. Revive your work in the midst of the years. What is the midst? The middle. We've gone through six months of this year. We're in the seventh month. We're right in the middle. And what we are praying back to life is revival in the middle. Because the middle is a strange place. I at one time in life, I'm one of four girls. And before that fourth girl came, I was the middle child. How many middle children in here today? God bless your ministry. Come on, put your hands together for the middle children. Because being the middle child is a strange place. When I was the middle child, I didn't know really how I should be. I wanted to be grown like my big sister and she say sit down. I'm the oldest. So I'm not supposed to be the oldest. And I get put back in the middle and then I see my younger sister who was the baby and I be like, "Oh, let me try to be the baby." And she would be like, "Sit down. I'm the baby." You just don't really know how to be. It's just a weird place because you remember the genesis. You remember how it was. You know how it's going to be, but right now it doesn't look like that. You remember the principle, how you started. You know the promise, how it'll end, but it's the process that's got you, I don't get it. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to react. I, I know how to pray, but it's, I don't feel like I'm getting the breakthroughs I used to get. I know how to fast, but I don't feel like I'm getting the answers I used to get. The middle. I want you to write this down. Do not reject the middle. Do not reject the middle. Do not reject the middle. The middle is the process to the promise. We get the principle, the beginning. We see the promise at the end. But it's this process we cannot reject. In fact, (laughs) it's in the process that you get everything you need to get to the end. I was preparing yesterday and before I started really preparing and everything, I began to, if you don't know, I'm, I'm running a marathon in the whole name of Jesus, in the whole name I wish I had more more support. I'm I'm running a marathon. This is this is not okay. G yes. righty then. I'm running this marathon. And um <laughs> my body's telling me how old I am. Now I'm not that old. However, I played basketball for a really long time. And so my joints and my ankles and my knees are older than my birth certificate because I just played the sport too long. And so I wore, and the wear and tear of my body makes me older, again, just by effort. (laughs) And I'm sitting here, and I was talking to my training partner, and we were talking, and she said something that resounded in my spirit. And I said, Lord have mercy. She said, Pack, everything you do now is prepping you for the halfway point so you can finish. I got to say it again. She said, everything you do now is prepping you for the halfway point so you can finish. In other words, The workout I do now is prepping me for the middle so I can end. Pastor, anything you can, she told me, she said, you're not supposed to be walking anymore. She said, you got to build up so that you can push through to the end. You are now conditioning yourself because if you start walking now, guess what? You're gonna walk on race day. You're gonna quit. You're gonna in the middle. When you go beyond what was anticipated, you usually don't succeed. You go beyond. What was anticipated? I have an idea of running distance, but I don't really know about running distance. And so I have to anticipate running distance. What you have to understand is I know I'm running a physical marathon, but this life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And that's all I know. I play basketball. It's about the fastest time. The quickest way down the court and the quickest way back. I sprint. We don't have to really take a pace and just go. We got breaks. Sprint as fast as you can, then stop and catch your breath. No, no. Not in a marathon. When you go beyond what was anticipated, you usually don't succeed. So I'm talking to her, and I remember Pastor said the same thing to me. She she and Pastor said, Now you're about two months out from the race. And she said, What you have to begin doing, Lord God, is engaging and strengthening your core, your abs, your core. And it hit me that in order to get through the middle, I have to strengthen my middle. This might be too deep for y'all. Maybe this is minister to me. Maybe I'm just talking to myself because I got to run this whole 13 miles and I'm just talking to myself. In order for me to get to the end, I have to strengthen my middle so I can be ready for the middle. I have to strengthen my middle my core so I can be ready for the middle everything I do now everything you do now is for the halfway point because how you get through the halfway point is how it's going to help you end. and I sat there and I thought about this thing of course I'm just sitting here thinking about running and I thought about pastor pastor is from Kenya Kenyans run. Hey. Oh, you you going okay. Even pastor really does enjoy running. Kenyans, it's like they're born with the DNA. If you go watch the marathons that happen here in the US, most of the people who win are Kenyans. And here's the funny thing about Kenyan runners. They the smallest things you ever seen. <laughs> They're small. They don't have these big muscular legs. They don't have these big muscular arms, but what they have is a core. (laughs) They start to engage their core to where at the end of the race, guess what's not sore? Their legs are not sore. Their back is not sore. Their arms are not sore, but their abs... Their core, only thing in pain. Because they engage it so that they can go farther, faster. I'm trying to tell you, don't reject the middle. I'm trying to tell you, don't reject the middle. So, what does Pastor Ashley now have to do? I'm two months out from a race. So, what do I have to do? I have to do sit ups, I have to do planks. I have to do crunches. I have to do all these ab workouts so that I can get the endurance that I didn't know I needed. I'm sitting here thinking, let me, just, let me just run faster. Let me get my legs right. Let me get my arms right. And all those are needed. All those are necessary. But I have to engage my abs. I have to engage the core. I have to strengthen the middle so I can finish the race. Because it's at the halfway point that I start calling for my center. He's Alpha. He's Omega. He's my center. It's at this place of desert. It's at this place of drought. It's at this place of God. I thought I heard from you, but why haven't I heard you lately? It's at this place where I remember how I was on fire. It's at this place when I just need an answer. That I have to engage my core. That I have to engage my center. That I have to engage my core. I love the word core. Because it tells me that everything is stabilized by it. I came to tell somebody today, it's time for us to not reject the middle, make the middle your core. This is my core. I'm not going to sit here and reject this season of doubt and unbelief. No, I'm not going to reject it. I'm going to learn from it so it can strengthen me and I can know that God is going to push me all the way to the end. The core. The core. The core. The core stabilizes you. Because think about it, if everything was great all the time, how would you really begin to continue appreciating the great? You won't. If everything is always good, you're going to start taking advantage of that what is good. God has to throw in some milestones. God has and making you reach harder. Pastor says that don't fall back, fall forward. Some of us think when God creates distance, that means, oh, oh well. That's when you have to engage your core. That's when you have to go harder for him. That's where you have to seek him and say, revive thy works in the midst of the years. I... I I don't know if y'all are understanding what I'm saying. It's in the core. It's in this place. The drought. The heaviness. The place where you say, "God, I hear you," but I don't get it. Where you're like Habakkuk, and you question. You say, "God, I remember how I was." God, this is not where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be going from glory to glory and faith to faith. Why don't I feel like going to church today? Why don't I feel like serving anymore? I'm just being real. Why don't I feel like being nice to my neighbor? It's the middle is an odd place. You don't know you can't. we cannot reject it. We have to be strengthened in it. We have to cry out like Habakkuk. Revive thy work in the midst of the years. Revive thy work in the midst of the years. God, strengthen my core. Strengthen the middle. Strengthen this place. Strengthen my core. Revive. I work in the middle. In the middle. You don't pray like you used to. You don't read like you used to. You don't fellowship like you used to. And it's not that you're bad. You're in the middle. And the desire diminishes. You're in the middle. Your hunger diminishes. You're in the middle, and what should your prayer be? Just like Habakkuk, revive, revive, revive. And here's the thing, the devil wants you to feel unworthy and condemn you for praying that prayer, condemn you for feeling like you feel here condemn you for being how you are in the middle. The enemy wants to condemn you and say, you should be more saved than that. You got more word than that. <laughs> I'm talking to one person today, I know it. You, you, should be, you should be more of God than that. It's in the middle that you have questions. It's in the middle that the enemy talks the loudest. He makes you say, he makes you think, well, I'm just, I shouldn't even be right here. I don't even know. He, he makes you have all these thoughts. You condemn yourself. when well, we should pray like Habakkuk prayed. Revival. 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 Revival is necessary. Because you would come from Alpha to here in the middle. And in order to get to the end, this middle has to be refreshed. This middle has to be revived. This middle has to come back to life. Shall these dry bones live? What you don't understand about the bones is they once were an army. dry bones they once were an army these were people these were humans and when the man of God stood out and seen the valley of dry bones God told him or asked him shall they live that's what God is asking some of us today there's a valley of dry bones in your life you've been in this middle for so long that you've become dry You've been in this middle for so long that you're quitting. You've been in this middle for so long that you're compromising. And you're not allowing your middle to be strengthened with the refreshing power of God. You're just, you're rejecting this middle so much. You're saying I shouldn't be here instead of saying, God, I embrace being here because when I'm here, you're there and you can raise me back to life. In the middle. God said, can these dry bones live? That's my question to you today. Can these dry bones live? Are you just going to hear this series Back to Life and be like, oh, another great series? Or are you going to say, me, I'm going to live again? I don't care how old you are. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. Are you going to say, I'm going to live again? God specializes in resurrections. Can these dry bones live? It's my question. I didn't come to preach you happy today. I came to ask a question. Are you going to let revival happen in the middle? Are you going to strengthen this middle so that you can get to the end? I can't stress that enough engage this middle. You're in the marathon of life. And baby, it's a long race. Somebody should have received that right there. It's a long race. With long life will I satisfy you. This is a long race. I'm not in this for a sprint. You say, God, today, revival in the middle. Can these dry bones live? Can they? Can your marriage live? Can it? Can your children live? Can your finances live? Can your dreams live? In the middle, questions. Revive that work. Revive that work. Revive that work. In the midst of the years, he said, "Revive your work." He that began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. Every hand lifted in this place. God, we're in the middle. We don't understand a lot. We have a lot of questions. We don't get it. We know we were more on fire for you at one time. We remember you as Alpha. We know you're Omega, but God, show us even in the middle. Right here, right now. Just begin to pray that prayer. Revive thy work in the middle. Revive thy work in the middle. Come on, open your mouth, begin to pray and say, God, revive thy work in the middle. In the middle, revive thy work. Revive your work, what you began in my life. Revive it. Revive it. Restore the joy of my salvation. Revive it. Revival right now in the middle. All of us will get to that place. We have to anticipate the halfway point. Some of us are there. Some of us are on our way to it. Anticipate it. Strengthen it. Engage your core. You are in the middle. Engage your core. Don't reject what's happening in your life. Engage it. Let every devil know in hell, I'm going to engage this season. Engage your core. Revive thy works. Come on, ask him. Ask him. Revive thy work. What you began, God, revive it. The vision you gave me, revive it. Revive it. Revive it. In the middle, in this place of uncertainty, revive it revive it let your will be made known that's what he says revive thy works in the midst of the years in the midst of the years make it known again remind me come on come on the spirit of the Lord is ministering in this place make it known make it known revive thy works in the midst of the years in the midst of the years make it known In the middle, make it known. I thank you for what you're going to do, but God, show me you now. In the middle. Revival. In the middle. Revival. In the middle. In the middle. He's doing it. Some of you have been afraid to ask God why. God is releasing you and freeing you right now. Come, let us reason together. Sit down and say, God, I don't get it. I don't understand. Why am I dealing with this struggle? Why am I going through this again? Well, what what is this, God? I don't get it. I'm faithful in your house. I'm faithful to your word. God, I don't get it. Why are my children acting like I don't get it? God, help my unbelief. But I'm here to reason with you. <laughs> Revive. He's doing it. He's doing it. If you would just get real with God, allow yourself to break. Now, I know you might hear that and think, Pastor, actually, what do you mean? I, I, I'm supposed to be strong. But you find yourself in an odd place. You find yourself in the middle. And you have to understand there's a place where you need to pour out yourself before God. You have to allow yourself to be broken before Him. There's a breaking that He does, but there's also a breaking that you allow to happen in your life. Where you go before God transparently. You go before God empty and say, God, fill me. Revival in the middle. You got to allow it. And he's going to do it. He's making all things new. The beautiful thing about revival is once you're in it, you remain it. I am a revival because I've been revived. Everybody's standing to your feet today. Ministers to the front. Ministers to the front. Yes, God. Spirit of the Lord is in this place. Spirit of the Lord is in this place. He's ministering to you right now. But if you need prayer in any area, you've heard what I've said today. And you say, God, I need a revival in the middle. Feel free to come forth. We have ministers here who will pray with you. If you need prayer in any area, even even prayer on anything, come forth. We have ministers and elders who will pray with you. Maybe you want to know more about this church. We have leaders and ministers and elders who will lead you into this fold. Maybe you just need to first start at first things first. You've heard this word today, and you've been walking around as a dead man, not knowing Christ. Today, we want to give you that opportunity to know Him. Just come to this altar. You want to know Christ, you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to get saved. The altar is open. Come forth. The Spirit of the Lord is ministering. But I want to encourage you today. There's revival in the middle. And the Spirit of the Lord is here. Every hand lifted in this place. Father God, we bless you. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you haven't forsaken us in this place. You are the God of the middle. And Father God, I ask you right now to send revival. To revive thy works in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. God in wrath, remember mercy. Mercy upon our spirits. Mercy upon our hearts. Mercy upon our families. Mercy in the middle. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. And we thank you that this is a move. We give you praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want you to let someone else enjoy it. Go share, comment, leave a review, get the word out. Let's spread more encouragement in the world. Connect with me on all social platforms. You can find links to all my pages on ashleykaryuki.com. Hope you will listen again very soon. God bless.